Welcome to the Highfalutin Podcast. The Highfalutin Podcast is a conversational exploration into the topics of the day framed around a theme chosen in advance by your hosts, Monica Schrager, Ryan Norsworthy, and me, Matt McCarthy. The theme of the sixth episode of the Highfalutin Podcast is Connections. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the sixth episode of the Highfalutin Podcast. This episode, uh, we're going to do something a little special. The theme this week is going to be connections. And um, the that theme was brought to our attention, recommended to us by a listener, Matt Gunderson, who uh, reached out to us via email and uh, just dropped us a note and said he has been listening to our podcast and appreciated it. And it was brought to his attention. Um, he, like all of us on uh, all the hosts here on this call, went to DePaul. He was there a little earlier than I was. Uh, Monica, you may have intersected with him or Ryan a little bit, but uh, Matt Gunderson was class of 92 at DePaul. And um, he is recently during the pandemic reconnected with a group of his college friends and they've been getting on the Zoom and, and they've been chatting. And uh, one of the, the people in his group of friends recommended Highfalutin Podcast, said uh, thought it was worthwhile and uh, he listened to it and he's a former Chicagoan and uh, just liked the, the vibe that we were putting out there and uh, talking about DePaul and talking about Chicago and old friends reconnecting and that resonated with him and uh so he like i said reached out and said you guys should do connections as a theme and we thought that was a wonderful idea and uh, we thought we'd also take that opportunity to discuss how we're connected a little bit and what led us to this podcast and uh and uh what, what a little bit of our history and what, what brought us to where we are today so uh in thinking about our connections and, and how Monica and Ryan and I are connected, um, obviously the first thing that, that popped into my mind was DePaul, where, where we all met in college at uh, in Chicago, and, and the city too, right? The uh, um, we've pretty much lived in the city the the whole time we've been friends here the last twenty five ish years, and um, so DePaul and, and the city were we're kind of connected through those worlds. Um, for Monica, I remember the first time I met you, it was my my freshman orientation at uh, DePaul, like before even uh, like moving into the dorms. Um, you were an editor at the newspaper and uh, we were kind of like all the fr- like freshmen were walking around to the different groups, talking to the different extracurricular activities on campus. And you were the op-ed editor at the time. And I just read over the summer the book, The Prayer for Our Own Meanie. A Prayer for Owen Meany by uh, John Irving, which is a great book. I love John Irving. And um, Owen Meany, the character in that book, writes a column in the school newspaper. And uh, that resonated with me. And that was exactly what I wanted to do, was come write a column at the newspaper. And you happen to be the editorial chief. And um, so that was was how Monica and I met. And um, the Monica, you were a senior at the time. I was a a freshman. so that was a crazy year. We talked a little bit about some of the other stuff that happened there. But um, Ryan, you and I met a, a bit later uh, the next year, my sophomore year. You and Monica had already known each other, I know. But I wanted to toss to you guys and say, you know, what's your recollection of those uh, connections and those meetings? And, uh, you know, tell us, tell us it. I want to hear it from your, your side of the story. Uh, so, Monica, what do you think? Sure. I don't exactly remember the time we met, Matt. I know that breaks your heart. I know that breaks your heart. I guess guess you made a bigger impression. (laughs) I guess. 
Um, I think over the years, my, you know, long-term memories suffered a little bit, but um, I do remember it was through the paper. I remember us, you know, I think all my, like I mentioned in our last podcast, like my relationships through the paper were great. Like it was sort of a home away from home, you know, and it was where like, there were just a lot of awesome people involved. So um, I know you were a part of that early on. Uh, and then Ryan, I have this recollection of standing in a bar, like across the table from me when we realized like we were going to be living across the hall from each other in the dorms the next year. That's like my recollection. Um, Cause we lived across the hall my junior year. I think you were senior. Um, in that McCabe hall. And I just remember that like a realization, like, oh, hey, we're gonna live across the hall from each other. Wow. So that was really <laughs> what I remember about our initial meetings. How many years did you live in McCabe? Was it was it two, two. years? Two. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cause I remember your McCabe place my freshman year. Yeah, 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 yeah. junior and senior year. They were like apartments, it was kind of nice. Yeah, yeah. I didn't initially remember that, but now I, I think I do. I was uh, managing a, a another mutual friend of ours band and uh we were having discussions and i think that there was a connection between some of you guys and uh yes you lived across the hall from us my senior year <laughs> um so that's uh but i i was aware of you before that you seem to be kind of all over campus so i i i was aware i feel like our, our relationship um, or me knowing of you started before that, but uh, it was uh, a long time ago. So I don't, I'm, I'm not sure if I uh, recall uh, specifically. I know that might not have been the first time I met you. I just have that recollection because I was like a light bulb moment. Of, hey, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we discussed that before, and I remember like not necessarily remembering that, but now I now I do. But I just don't believe it was the first time we met. Might not have been. Um, and then. Uh, Meeting Matt is a far funnier story. We uh, there was a uh, bar uh, that uh, everyone kind of hung out at around the campus on I think it was Monday nights, and uh, it was Everly hub. Club. Everly Club, right? Quarter yeah. beers, right? Yeah, Quarter yeah. beers. I think it's fifty cent drafts. And yeah. did you bring your own glass? Was it that's, bring your own glass? Quarter. That was Parkway. That was Parkway. Yeah. And oh, okay. Chase Tavern, and maybe Chase yeah. Tavern too. Yeah, I, yeah. I thought there might have been a difference. I was going to ask. Uh, perhaps not on air, but yes, somehow we uh, crossed paths and found out that we were from the same hometown of Chris Lake, Illinois. And I took an immediate uh, liking to you. And uh, we uh, obviously uh, knew some of the same people and places uh, that I had grown up with. Um, so um, I found that cool because I hadn't really had a buddy since I had left that town, except for the people that I had kept in contact with. So I thought that was really cool. And then uh, I think uh, I may have had a bit too much to drink and spent the night at, at, uh, at an apartment that you guys shared. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I remember coming in like in the morning, like very early because I had been, it was a Thursday night, Friday morning. You guys were out like on Thursday night and I came in really late. Like I'd been up at the newspaper, like working and um, Ryan, you were asleep on the couch. And I was like, oh, I remember I met him at the bar and uh, <laughs> just, just like went, you know, went to bed and didn't think anything of it. And uh, then like I woke up a little bit later and I think some of the other people had already like gone about their days and you and I kind of spent the morning chatting and hanging out and kind of started hanging out ever since, I feel like. Pretty Is much, that the yeah. Memorial Week and Day weekend at our place that you guys just watched Star Wars and hung out all weekend? 
That if it yeah, wasn't yeah. that, it was like right around then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I think I had recently graduated or I don't think I had recently graduated and, uh, but the bar was kind of like a scene where everybody still congregated and I still had a lot of friends that were in college. And so, uh, uh, I'd lived, I was living alone, but I was still kind of hankering for the friendships that I, you know, the closeness that you had when you stayed on campus. So, uh, I think there was a long weekend and, uh, I didn't have any plans <laughs> and, and, uh, the couch seemed to be open. So, uh, I think you had a roommate at the time too that you weren't getting along with, and you were like just about to be between. Yeah, the yeah, that's true. Like I was kind of like looking for a new place, so I was kind of on my own, and yeah. I remember that weekend. I did not partake, but I walked around you all, just hanging out on the couch and watching Star Wars. Annoyed, perhaps. Yeah. Well, I was like, oh, there they are again. <laughs> there were there were a lot of drinks consumed. Yes, and we did find we did find a lot of things in common, including Star Wars. You know, actually, I have a great picture from that weekend of you, Ryan, that I have to dig up. Do you remember this? It's black and white. You're like smelling a flower with all the bottles in front of you. Oh, I remember that. Right. Just comes to I my did. mind. I, I do. Gotta, yeah. I gotta find that. It's somewhere, but it was really I like that picture a lot. That's well, I, uh, yeah. That's. that's that apartment was such a, a fun, legendary apartment. Monica and I moved in there. It was with with two other people. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say it was a four person apartment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Charlie's. Charlie had already lived there, and he had roommates moving out, and needed people. To, you know, such a great place. He wanted to keep it and um, kind of put the word out that I, you know, got a couple of extra rooms if anybody's looking for a place. And that, which is that's my recollection anyway. And um, yeah, the, Charlie. And Monica had just graduated college that year. Zach was the, was the other guy who was in there. He was a senior, and I was like this wide eyed sophomore who was like led into the group. And like not you know every, all you guys were twenty one. I think I was just nineteen or twenty at the time. <laughs> yeah. And um, that was like a big, like I you know hanging out with all you older kids. I never felt so cool in my whole life. You know. <laughs> Well, well, Charlie and Zach too are still some of our closest friends. We're all going to catch yeah. up with them, and I think very soon. But um, soon. yeah, it uh, that was a cool place. And I actually recently I found like we had a series of parties, and I jotted down notes from things, odd things that happened at each of the parties, uh -oh. <laughs> just entertaining things like, you know, somehow eucalyptus was being thrown around, and we were charging people ten dollars at the door, random people. <laughs> like you know, we just started doing that for one of the parties. And one guy, one of Charlie's friends spent like five hours in the bathroom one night. So anyway, it was just entertaining stuff. I mean, we did provide entertainment and uh, beer. So, yeah. We yeah. Sure did. Yes. I remember one of those parties, Monica, you like going out for another keg of beer and the uh, like we'd gone through three or four kegs and Monica was like, I'll go get another keg. And, and there was a. There was a liquor store, you know, a block from that apartment. Yeah. But I think you went by yourself. And, you know, Mo Monica's like five foot tall and you know, like not the, you know, most hulking of figures. And uh, like, to, I think you, you ended up getting a hand truck from the liquor store and, and getting the keg back from the liquor store to the apartment. And then like coming up and you got me and then you were like, get the keg, pull it up the stairs. And uh, everybody's partying upstairs. And I remember like trying to like half the keg up the stairs. And at one point, and I, you know, there's a party and I'd probably been overserved. And uh, I lost my balance with the keg in my arms and fell down the stairs. With, oh and I, I, I grabbed, like I took one arm off the keg of beer and tried to grab the banister to steady myself. And I ripped the banister Ew. off the wall. And yeah. then so I fell down the stairs oh, with a oh. banister in one arm and a keg of beer in the other arm. 
but was un, un, uh, hurt. You know, was lived to party another day. I also have some pictures from uh, cleanup the next day. Like, oh, you yeah. know, you all poke, like everyone, all four of us kind of lazily cleaning up. I, I got some Ch- good pictures. Back Charlie back. had us rent a, like some kind of a steam cleaner. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. 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 we had carpet in that. Mm, yeah. You yeah. Know, that we had to cut into our like uh, door profits to clean the uh, carpet the next <laughs> yeah. day. Yeah. That was a great place. And we were there for, Monica and I lived there for two years. Uh, Zach left. He had to go. He took a job down in Kentucky right after college. Um, we had another guy move in who's a sweet guy, but like it, he, you could tell he kind of felt like an outsider. Like the, uh, you know, we would already live there all together for a couple of years and then he's moving in. Um, but then uh, everybody kind of went their separate ways. Like everybody was like, t- you, get, you guys were all getting jobs, I think, and tired of living like college students and like making some, some regular money. And um, so, yeah, we ended up like, I, I ended up in a studio apartment after that apartment. And Ryan, I remember like walking from that studio apartment at Clark and Deming to your apartment on Ashland and Blackhawk, like, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, a couple times a week. Um, and that was a long walk. That would take like, you know, an hour to walk. Um, but that, I remember that place on Blackhawk you had. That was a great place. We had a lot of fun times there. Yeah, that was my first place by myself. So I, uh, I was quite proud. And uh, it was a tiny little place, but uh, a lot of good times. I started my record collection there. And, That's you know. right, yeah. And we painted your door. You had that glass door that like, I did some painting on that we yeah. debated taking with you after you left. A lot of, lot of growing, a lot of, uh, lot of fun times. There. Yeah. And it was, it was funny because I don't think I was there a year, a year and a half. Hmm. Years, maybe. So, Matt, you were going to talk about, I guess, how the High podcast, right? And then your. No, I didn't talk about cleaning up your bathroom. That, that's. Uh, I was trying to get that story in there. Oh, get I thought you were going to leave it out. The. Uh... No, no, I mean, you know. So I mean, no, that, say it quickly if you that, want. That first morning, like I remember, you know, like. So yeah, I guess so. We had met at uh, the Everly Club, uh, like on uh, this particular week. I think it was a Thursday, leading into the holiday weekend. I think. Uh, it was me, you, and another buddy. We were friends at this point, or I guess we'd known each of each other. And I uh, came over to your place and uh, had a little bit too much to drink and uh, got sick in your bathroom and uh, didn't want anybody to know. So I uh, did my best to clean it up, but I couldn't tell where the mess I had made different from the mess that was already there. So I ended up cleaning up the whole bathroom and I remember people were wondering where I was and if I had left or something and I emerged from the bathroom. Um, and uh, I spent the night there and I remember everybody emerging from their their sleep and like, hey, the bathroom is immaculate hoop like. I, so I kind of endeared myself to uh, the apartment and was allowed. That was the boys' bathroom, Zach. Yeah, do you know which one it was? Was it? Yeah, I was, was kind of like, yeah. like a video. Because that, well, that apartment had two bathrooms across from each other, and Charlie right. and I shared one that, like, we kept very clean. Yeah. And then yeah. Matt and Zach kept the other one, which. I remember Charlie remarking. Occasionally, when Ryan came over, was like, clean the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know if it was like, I don't know if he, he obviously used it with that one that morning. So, um, but I, I almost became a. Uh, you know, a Fonzie add-on, you know, fifth roommate, so. I don't remember, I don't know that we knew, like, right away that you had done it. I don't, I don't, but I remember, like, <laughs> thinking, like, wow, the bathroom's clean, that's great. Yeah, I think I was being coy about it, yeah. but, because I didn't want you to know that I'd gotten ill in sure. your bath. You know, also funny about that night, uh, 
that I, I know will uh, jar your memory, Monica, is that um, I, I was clamoring for something to eat. And uh, so oh, yeah. Charlie pointed me to uh, some spaghetti that you, he said you made, I thought. And so I was just like, wow, because you were infamously a, a vegetarian. Uh, and so I was just like, this is, this meat substitute is fantastic. Um, and was just chowing down and you came home and just started going to town. And I was just like, or the vice versa. I didn't like it. I knew it had meat in it. And I was just like, wow, well, she's eating it. So it, I guess, and that's where you find out it wasn't, <laughs> it was actual meat. Because <laughs> I, I, I brought it up and everybody's just like, that's meat. Don't say anything. Or uh, I don't know. I like, totally you know, remember that actually you jogged my memory. I think I've been drinking and I was like, oh, eating. And I was just like, well, <laughs> oh, wow, this is this must be the most fantastic meat substitute I've ever had because this is like delicious. <laughs> and, and you're like, that's not substitute meat. I remember that now that you <laughs> jogged my memory. Totally. I came home. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I probably didn't tell that great. No, but yeah. that's a, a total good jog of my memory because that was <laughs> a funny experience. I was just like, blah, 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 blah. I remember it, too. My, I remember it. I, I in my memory, it's more like Charlie pulling a fast one over Monica. Like, oh, no, there's nothing. There's nothing in there. You I, I remember it being yeah, very innocent. It wasn't, you know, it was just that she was so I think because we tried to warn her. It's just like there was. <laughs> Spaghetti with meat and spaghetti without meat. And right. she just took the one. She's like, that's not meat. And Charlie just, was always the prankster in that group. They, oh, uh, actually, he did. I still remember some of the good stuff he did in our apartment, like on a on an April Fool's Day. You know, they had those black like sprayers by yeah, um, he sinks. With that, he yeah. put like a black he rubber band around it. He colored it black. And so when you turned on the water, it totally sprayed you. Yeah, it was yeah. a good one. I remember pressing the lever on the <laughs> yeah, on holding the, the lever. Yeah, that was every, yeah. Every year you go to like put you and you stumble to the sink in the morning to like make the coffee and you turn on the water and suddenly it's just spraying out at you. You're like, what, what the hell's going on? <laughs> No, those were good. Yeah, that was a fun place. And now, the ghost of highfalutin present. The, um, so that was, God, that was 23 years ago, something like that. The, um, the, uh, a lot of changes since then. The, um, We've all kept in touch though over the years and remained good friends. And there have been times where we've had spats, or there's been times where we've, you know, done what friends do and had disagreements, but we've all remained, you know, I've considered you guys my two of my closest friends all that time. Today, you know, we are during the pandemic, you start to think about, you know, who do you want to be in touch with? How do you want to connect with people? How do you keep those connections going? This seems, you know, this was. A good way to, to connect with you guys it felt like it was a good way to like talk every week and work on something together and stay connected and um we've all kind of always talked about doing something creative together and you know kind of led to to this endeavor and you know i i had the I had the highfalutin website for for a few years and, and i've talked about this a little bit before but i, I published a book a while ago in 2015 and shopped it around and nobody was remotely interested in it so i published it myself and um started a little company called highfalutin media and that was a joke another buddy of ours montali and i used to toss around back and forth to each other we, we had a time where we were calling everything highfalutin and this is highfalutin and that is highfalutin and thought it was funny to have a company called highfalutin media so i put that book out under the highfalutin media moniker and sold you know dozens of copies and um 
then it kind of languished for a while. It, it didn't really do anything with it. I had this website that you know was quickly growing out of date and there was nothing dynamic about it, nothing going on. And I wanted to do something to kind of revive that and bring that back and do something with this URL. So I started thinking like, what are the, what are the possibilities with it? And I hit upon the idea of a podcast and um, right away knew that I didn't want to just talk myself and didn't want to just invite guests and, and talk that I wanted to do it as like a team thing. And that Monica, that in a weird way that goes back to the newspaper, you know, like the, all of us like pulling together at the newspaper and like what a great camaraderie that was. And like, you know, everybody getting the episode across every week or the, the issue across every week back then. Um, that's always been like, I don't know, a romanticized vision in my head because that was so much fun when we were kids that it's, I've looked for those opportunities as adults to collaborate with with friends and try to do something creative and, and all that stuff. Um, so I reached out to you guys, I think, you know, almost on the same day. And you guys were the first two people I thought of. And there were other people in our friend group that I thought of that I thought would have been terrific in this too. But I, you know, I thought it was important to have different perspectives on the show and different, I didn't want it to be, you know, three white guys getting out and talking about BLM. I didn't want it to be three men getting on and talking about, you know, the, the patriarchy and, and Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I, I wanted to make sure we had different perspectives. Um, and I'm really pleased with the way it's worked out. Like I'm just tickled with everybody's contribution and, you know, we're getting a nice response from people and, and people seem to be liking it. So I hope you guys are liking it. Um, but what'd you guys think when I called you up and asked you to, you know, are you interested in the podcast and, Tell me a little bit about how the experience has been for you. Sure. Um, so one, I've been looking for some creative outlets myself during this COVID time. Like I, I love to learn and I've been doing, you know, I took a tree keepers class learning about trees. Um, I also been doing some volunteering, but I've been looking for that opportunity to do something creative. And I wasn't really sure what that was or how to kind of fill that vehicle. So I was actually very excited when you reached out because I was like, hey, this is an opportunity. One, I was excited about connecting with you both because um, I don't think I've connected with you both as much as I'd like. Like, Matt, I'd always tried to make plans with you and your wife and you were like, oh, you know, you're always, you're not as, I'm, a, I'm more an extrovert. <laughs> you're more an introvert. Sure. So I feed off those connections and I want to get people together and you and you, you know, you and Lish like to do like one thing a weekend and not like well, overbook yourselves. And it's funny when Ryan said earlier that like, you know, like he knew of you at college before maybe he knew you because you were like really around campus a lot like that. I meant to comment on that. Like that is the truth. Like I never saw anybody like more on the scene than you. And you were always like volunteering for something or, you know, president of this organization or, you know, do, doing this initiative. And that has carried on in your in your life. And I've always been impressed by that is, you know, like you you're right. I am an introvert and I think my wife would identify ourselves as an introvert and we draw power from within and we like to take time to recharge and and i love to hang out with you guys and be around you guys but we also need a lot of time to like kind of be monica is high energy monica's definitely I am, high energy. I am. and she's <laughs> always like got something brewing you know the uh so, but it, i mean that's one of your best qualities i think yeah, yeah. So I, I, I mean, I love this opportunity to kind of reconnect with you guys and Ryan, like you and I, we used to hang out a lot. And then, you know, I felt to be quite honest, like after a while, you weren't as reaching out to me to hang out as much. And I did kind of complain to Matt about that in the past too. I was like, man, I feel like Ryan doesn't want to hang out anymore. <laughs> and, and Matt was like, no, it's not that. Um, so, you know, I was very excited to have the opportunity to kind of use this as a vehicle to reconnect with you as well. So it allows me, I'm very excited to hang out with you all more, even if 
if it's virtually, I, as you know, I'm an extrovert feed from that energy. And during this time, you know, you guys are a couple of my oldest friends and I love like connecting, you know, with people. And so this is very fulfilling for me. I'm so glad. Oh, thank you. Uh, same here. Um, it's been, uh, it's been great uh, reconnecting. Um, uh, not that we ever lost uh, contact, uh, to be uh, honest. And uh, I might, my perspective on it coming together, um, not as a person that brought it together as that was Matt, but uh, it's a little, a little different. I might, I might ratch out a little bit, but um, I remember it. Uh, Matt and I have uh, long been uh, debating sports, often revolving around the Bears. And there's a couple other friends that there's this constant banter about the bears and what they should be doing, what they shouldn't be doing and how they're performing and how they're not performing. And, um, you mean the playoff bound Chicago bears. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, uh, I like to agitate cause I'm not necessarily a bears fan, although I love sports. Um, so I, uh, often play the agitator. So he's always approached that to me as, as being funny or, uh, somewhat entertaining. So he kind of, kind of was conceptualizing this to me, from my perspective, as a sports podcast kind of thing. Um, and then it kind of expanded. And I was always like, I'm, that sounds great. That, I mean, it just sounds like, you know, fun. Um, you seem to be willing to do all the legwork on it. So I was just like, sure, I'll come up and, you know, talk mess for, you know, an hour or whatever about sports or what have you. Um, that sounds like a great way to stay connected. Um, as it, you know, as time goes by, it's just hard to stay connected sometimes. And nothing made that more clear than um, the uh, current uh, COVID atmosphere. So we, we did talk about the sports one and I had another little blog for a while, like, and this was a few years back. It was bear down Chicago blog. <laughs> oh yeah. I, forgot about yeah, that. yeah. I, I, did, I wasn't yeah. very active on it, but you're right. Yeah. I'm a bear's nut. And some of our friends are bears nuts here. And uh it's yeah, like, like, you know, poke and prod at that because bears usually aren't that good. Um, so it's some, easy somebody has to, you know, we're all like, drinking the Kool-Aid. Somebody has to say, like, put it down for a second. And so, um, but yeah, the, uh, so we, but the, we talked about maybe doing a sports thing, but then like, I feel like the world just blew up. Like it was like all this crazy. Yeah, shit right. And, and, um, and then uh, you spoke about Monica being on board and I was just like, wow, fine. Yeah, great. That sounds awesome. And then there were a lot of things going around like right as we started. So it was a great outlet to speak my mind and um, dig a little deeper into how I feel about things and express it uh, with people that, that I care deeply about. So um, thanks for doing this. And um, I think it's, I think it's a, for me, I think about it as a great exercise and thought and connecting in essence so yeah and actually i'm gonna add to that because i you know for the year after trump was elected i avoided news I, I couldn't listen to npr couldn't check out the news you know and i slowly came back to it but i think our conversations are a good opportunity for me to one keep up with it but two to discuss it and have that have that vehicle to kind of discuss it around a theme or even with you and bounce thoughts off so i like having that ability to 
interact on some things. And then just to add to the Bears conversation, I am a Bears legacy, as you might know. <laughs> My grandfather played for the Bears, would have been in the Hall of Fame if he hadn't, you know, gone off to teach hand-to-hand -hand combat in California during World War II. I have two That's gold footballs, which were, or a gold football, which was before the Super Bowl ring, their championships. He Ray Bray, look him up. He's not a Hall of Famer? No, there's talk if he would have been, but he took a couple years off to go teach hand-to-hand -hand okay. combat for the so. I saw the, uh, in the Tribune, they did a piece about the 100 greatest Chicago Bears. He was 45. I have it framed. I'll show yeah, you guys. I have to put it up, cool. but I have it framed. They, yeah, he was like number forty-five in that. One of the things I took away from that article was they talked about him as being like the strongest man in the NFL, or like one of the strongest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's cool. Yeah. Monica's got a fascinating history. One of these days, we need to uh, divulge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The um, Monica, what you said about the the current events and like that—that that was an interesting point. I thought like it's there it's some traumatic stuff going on and like i've tended to avoid the media like i, I watched that first debate and i swore off debates for the rest of my life like i, I not, couldn't <laughs> i can't watch another one of those i was just mad after that i went to bed mad i woke up mad like it was just you know it's just infuriating but just being able to like discuss it with you guys like i can't imagine like a safer space or like you know a space where you know where you feel more comfortable we've been having these conversations for 25 years you know and and being able to like take these upsetting weird unprecedented issues back to this little group and kind of turn it over and and talk it through has been very comforting you know, and I hope everybody out there has some sort of support group like this where they can look at the crazy shit going on in the world right now with, <laughs> with people that, you know, they feel safe around and they can be honest with 100% real with, you know, and draw strength from each other and comfort from each other and, you know, just be there for each other. And I think that's part of what we've been doing. And you know, this is part of how we're coping with, uh, with all the stuff going on that feels really yucky and, and really you know, yeah, just really bad. And it's, this has been a real silver lining, right? We talked about that earlier and this has been, this has been a real bright spot in this whole time to be able to figure it out with you guys. Yeah. What about podcasting? The, uh, what were your guys' impression of like podcasts before you started this? Were you fans of podcasts? Did you listen to podcasts or was it something like for me, like I wasn't like, there wasn't like a pod, like I, there was a few that I'd like listened to over the years. And there was, you know, there was one or two over the summer that like I thought were fun and had really interesting production value. And I listened to and kind of get the creative juices flowing, but I can't say I was like a real, you know, aficionado of podcasts or anything like that. The uh, Monica, I suspect you were into maybe more of them than, than we were. Yeah, I did actually listen to a few. There's one called, you must remember this about old Hollywood and research and stuff, which is awesome. I'd also gotten into 99% Invisible, which is Roman Mars, who actually was out of WBEZ now in California, but it's around like design in the world. And he actually just wrote a new book that I'm curious about. And then actually I just came across a really new one, which is really cool. It's called And Nothing Left. And it's Rosario Dawson and Retta. And they're talking about the whole suffrage movement and, um, everything around it. So I'd, and then there's one called the rewatchables where they talk about movies and break down movies, which is really fun. So I'd been into a few, you know, um, we're an interesting format. I hadn't listened to some of these formats that are just people talking, but that's why I like that you'd put together sort of a structure to it with a theme and a general structure to it versus just people chatting. Um, so yeah, I was, I was kind of a fan I had, and I had a bunch more added on my stitcher that I haven't even checked out yet but those are some of my favorites that i've been into right anything what was your podcast history before this i just 
basically listen to music podcasts. So, but I've always just saw them as an extension of like radio. So, and I've always been a fan of radio, um, which annoys a lot of my coworkers to this day. Um, I still like the format. I still like to hear commentary. Um, and I'm a huge uh, watcher of uh, like sports programming, um, which are like argument shows basically um, for better, for lack of better description at the moment. And they play as if they're a radio program anyway. Like you don't need to watch it. To, I'm often doing other things while I have it on as these guys discuss sports and um Anytime I'm I, I'm driving, I'll listen to them. So it's it's like a podcast anyway. So I feel like I I have a I don't per se listen to podcasts, which is a slightly different thing. But I still uh, have very big fondness for radio, public radio, um, and shows that play like radio shows. So um, talk shows, if you will, uh, around various topics. So yeah. I you know I just I didn't I didn't think twice about it. I was, I was just like just an outlet i don't you know doesn't didn't really bother me outlet chance to be with my friends um podcast eh, you know I, <laughs> I it's not you know i there's i mean wherever you learn stuff from it doesn't doesn't really matter i mean format so i you know we'll turn to youtube to learn things i'm a very visual person when i'm trying to learn things so it's just like if i can see somebody else do it that's that's very helpful so yeah, I have another thought on that, actually. So one thing I've been trying to work on both in work and in general, and I think this podcast allows me to do it, is storytelling a little bit. And there are actually a couple of great storytelling podcasts. There's The Moth, you know, which, um, you know, people tell these five minute stories around certain themes. And then one, yeah. This American Life, you know, I haven't listened to it in a while, but they also have great stories. So I think those are podcasts that kind of you can escape with. And but they're useful, too, because I feel like I learned from them as to how to be better at telling our own stories, you know, on this podcast, too. So this is a good exercise exercise um, and opportunity for me to practice, you know, that area, which I'd like to work on. No, I think that's great. They kind of podcast kind of resurfaced in my life. Like my, is a part of my job, oddly enough, the, we, my job, we, we do, we work with universities and we take an on the ground course and we, we put it online and podcasts are an interesting delivery mechanism for, for that um, use case. Like, you know, you, a lot of those students are people who already have a career and they're, they're trying to consume content in their cars coming home from work or they're, you know, on the train or, or whatever. So that, that was just another, you know, media type to, to get the information across. I got to participate in a couple of them just as, as kind of helping out and it was like oh yeah this isn't some kind of like crazy magical thing you can actually put this together just like you build a song and you know pro tools or, or whatever it was just kind of a light bulb went off like oh this is something we can do and i have a website and we can host it there and why not why aren't we doing this okay. um also like with the i saw my wife alicia you know during like she would for the first like several months of the pandemic she was real good about like going out for walks and i was all like make sure you wash your hands when you come back in the house and take off your shoes at the door and, you know, sanitize everything. And, you know, I was a little bit more, um, I don't know, frightened is the right word, but cautious certainly. Um, and she would go on her walks and she would listen to like audible or she would listen to podcasts and she found it very, she found it that to be a great time to listen to this kind of stuff. And it occurred to me, there's probably a lot of people like going for walks and, you know, wondering what to listen to or whatever. And, and this was a good, 
this is a good time, I thought, for a podcast to come out, you know, and, it, and the three of us reconnecting, I was hoping that would resonate with people because I feel like a lot of people are reconnecting and, and we can see that that it is resonating with some people, which is very gratifying. So yeah, I, I feel like the pieces all just kind of fell into place and got very fortunate that I have such eloquent and and, uh, and accommodating friends who are, are willing to go on this journey. But I think it's been fun. And I think, you know, we'll keep doing it as long as we're all speaking to each other. You know? <laughs> Matt and I, in our relationship, I do remember, I think we have not spoken at least like three times, but I can't remember really why other than the last one. Um, so, you know, which still was silly, but yeah. Um, we're both very uh, like passionate people and get our, we get our dander up and uh, you know, the sometimes, uh, but I think we've gotten older, we've gotten better at navigating that and, you know, and figuring that out. We, you know, like ultimately we've, we've made up after each one of those stats or whatever, yeah. you know? So I think we both realize that, well, we're going to be in each other's lives. So yeah. We well, well. I think, yeah. And my, my husband's still is skeptical that this will continue because he feels like we're going to butt heads again and you're going to get <laughs> mad, Matt, and you're going to blow up and walk away. I'm like, yeah. no, we've matured. We talked about that in the beginning. Well, your, your husband has an interesting perspective though. Then that, and that's another funny <laughs> connection we have, you know, is like the, um, like this is my oldest friend group right here, but then we have another friend group and, um, Monica's husband and I were in a couple of different little bands together where, you know, like little basement bands that, you know, didn't ever do much, but, uh, I was famous for a time for quitting those bands, you know, like we'd, we'd, I'd, I'd embark on one and then like somebody would join the band and I didn't dig their vision or like, we'd play a song and I don't want to play this song. This song sucks. <laughs> um, so there was a time where I was like quitting a band every six months or something. And I, and that might be informing Steve's, uh, <laughs> perspective. Yeah. Just, just a tad. But that's a funny, like, it's a funny group that were, you know, he was such a, it's, it always tickled me that you guys got together, you know, because I, I never saw that coming. And it was like two kind of different groups colliding. Yeah. And that was, you know, certainly has worked out for the best for everybody. And now connecting to the whole highfalutin world. So outside of our personal connections, you know, we want to talk about just connections in general, um, because as everyone knows, mental health is sort of on the rise, particularly COVID has caused some, you know, challenges for certain people. I know even myself early on, I, you know, being that extrovert and getting my energy from being with other people and traveling, like I love to travel and being hampered in those areas did make me feel pretty down. So people have to find ways to connect, even if it's with not just with other people, like you've heard, like baking, you know, is on the rise, you know, people are doing a lot of that. Like I went to the Morton Arboretum um, earlier this week, and it was great to kind of walk around in nature and fall. You know, I, I do a lot of volunteering too. Like I delivered groceries to seniors through my block, my hood, my city, actually on Tuesday. And it made me a little nervous because you're supposed to drop them off like six feet away. But some of these people were like, can you just bring them inside my door? And I was totally happy to do that. But I was just like, I don't want to get too close. Um, so I get, you know, so there's, there's other ways. And then, like I mentioned earlier, I took a course called Tree Keepers Through Open Lands, where you learn about trees um, to help actually plant trees in the community. They do grants around the city. So, you know, I've, that people are finding different ways. Like Ryan, I know you're biking, you know, a lot and like outdoors and with that biking crew. And so, you know, I think people are, and even though those are with people, it's sort of a way to kind of connect with the world around you while you're sort of restricted in certain ways. Yeah. I'm somewhere between you and Matt um, as being an extrovert, but also very much enjoy my time alone. And, uh, 
at first it was really difficult uh, given the lockdown or whatever, however, quarantine, however you want to put it. But one of the, the saving graces is that I was considered an essential worker um, working in a bike shop. Um, and that's something I'm, I'm passionate about anyway. But it's it was also helping people, you know, either find new ways of transportation or, uh, you know, just helping them connect with nature as well or find the, uh, the joys of cycling that I find. And um, I've always enjoyed that. And it's just been turned kind of, that volume has been turned up because, uh, you know, we are limited in what we can do uh, as far as social activities and, and gatherings. So um, it's been a, uh, a godsend for lack of better words. And I don't know what I would have done without that connection because it was unlike, uh, you know, I, I, I'm constantly, you know, with people, <laughs> and, you know, and the day ends and you want to go home and be alone, but uh, you still have that connection. And that, that connection is, is something that, uh, I might've been taken for granted beforehand. Yeah. The, we, uh, went out last night to a drive-in movie. First time oh. I've ever been oh, to, yeah. to a drive-in movie. Where? The, um, out in Pilsen ish. Oh, the, uh, cool. like street. the, um, it was the Monica. It was the David Byrne. It was the American Utopia. Oh my God. You saw it. Isn't that yeah, awesome? Was it, was it a Spike Lee's version? Yeah. Yeah. It was, oh it my was, God. Was, yeah. It was, it wasn't an awesome show. It was, and it was part of the Chicago Film Festival. Awesome. And, um, we bought like a package there, and so you can either um, there's some events that they're having at, at drive-ins in the city, and you can go. And this was this was one of those. And there's others that you like download an app and you watch it on your television. Mm. And so this is something Alicia was interested in, and she brought it to my attention, and I was like, yeah, let's do that. And I was a little skeptical to drive-in to be honest. And part of it, it was like the you know I've never done it before, and it was like. You know that introvert in me was was you know and i work all day i don't know if i want to drive to pilsen in rush hour and you know and um it was great it was super fun everybody's in their cars a bunch of the people who were the, in the band were like actually at the show they were from chicago oh, no yeah. way the guitar players and and i think one of the awesome players. and uh, so there was like a rowdy crowd and they were all like honking their horns and blinking yeah. their lights like you know during you know after some of the performances it was a really fun night and we went there with another couple they were in the car next door you know <laughs> um the you say you don't get to interact with them much but you know like at the beginning you roll down your window with your mask on and you talk <laughs> and, say hi yeah yeah um, but it was a really fun way to like feel like you're connected to this group of people all watching the movie together to connect with the local art scene. So I have a question. Film festival, sure. How do they how do they do the audio? Um, you tune your radio to uh, eighty nine point nine, and uh, it just comes okay. in through your radio. Yeah. So anybody could have just been listening to the radio. <laughs> if you're nearby, it's like a local. It's one of those local mm -hmm. bands, you know, where it's like it, it craps out after like a quarter mile or something. Oh, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. Where do they do it at? What space is big enough there? It's like a, there's like a big, it's, there's a, um, like a field house or like a big gym that's mm. there. And then like, there's a kind of like a big parking lot right mm. behind it. And they cool. get a big screen up and they have like, I don't know, five, six, seven rows of cars or something. One thing I found is that we shouldn't have been so far in the front. Like I'm so tall and we had been <laughs> in a small car and I was kind of like scrunched over, yeah. you know. Yeah. Or, or like we had to lean way back and like the rear view <laughs> yeah. mirror is in the middle of the, the picture yeah you know? so there were some challenges but it was mm -hmm. fun it was mm -hmm. it was a it was a good time and it was you know it reminded me 
it's something I never probably would have done when yeah. COVID wasn't around, you know, not to say I'm grateful for COVID in any way, but the, <laughs> so it's just a silver lining. Yeah. It's a silver lining, but it also reminded me that it's like, it's important to find different ways to connect right now. Yeah. You know? And there's a lot of people doing the zoom and there's a lot of zoom fatigue and I'm mm. on zoom calls all day mm. for work. And like, sometimes the last thing I want to do is, is get on a zoom call and, but uh, it's important to find different ways to connect now because it's you have to work a little harder at it. Mm-hmm. And um, but it's still important to have those. And even as an introvert and somebody who doesn't jump at the chance to have those connections, maybe necessarily regularly, I, I see that how important it is and how easy it is to get on a path where holy cow i'm a shut-in you know i i I don't i don't want to live like that so um it's important to put on a little extra effort right now and to to reach out to maybe people you haven't reached out or try something Mm -hmm. try to connect in a way you haven't before or something that's a little bit outside of your comfort zone and be safe about it certainly and take the right precautions but put yourself out there a little bit make a connection yeah, you know, my actually funny you mentioned that my cousin actually sent around. She was published in the New York Times. It's just a little blurb, like they are getting quotes from people around COVID time. And she said she's really bonded with her like 17-year-old son, you know, which she said wouldn't have happened like in the non-COVID times. Like yeah. you're seeing, I think, some parents and kids even bonding in different ways because the kids are home and they have time, you know. And and so there's just this opportunity within families, I think, you know. Yeah to increase relationships. Lish and I went out to my folks' house in Crystal Lake over the weekend, and we we spent some time out there sitting in the backyard on the deck. And we're starting to talk about, like, what do you do for Christmas? Like, what do we do for, you know, and, uh, like, do we quarantine for two weeks and try to, you know, and my parents are, you know, I'm in my 40s, so my parents are older. And so we've been trying to figure out, like, what do we, how, how are we going to connect over the holidays? Like, what's that going to look like? Are we going to just, is it going to be a Zoom call? Is it going to be, are we going to, try to gather there's been a lot of news lately about you know people being a little lax and and kind of throwing the some of the recommendations out the window and there being a bunch of spikes and there you know I, i read an article recently about that being a particular reminder for people during the holiday season to to stay vigilant and that's a bummer to think about like not spending christmas with your family and your loved ones so I don't know, we're trying to figure that out and figure out a, a creative way to connect over the holidays. Maybe we do it, you know, in, in stages with a different family and, and try to just be real safe. Uh, maybe the weather will be great and it won't be an issue and we could be outside, although, you know, late December in Chicago, that's, that's, I wouldn't bet on it. Um, I don't know. What, what are you guys doing with your families during the holidays? Do you know? Yeah, I'm playing it by ear at this point, you know, uh, we were supposed to have Thanksgiving with our in-laws in Atlanta, but they, and we were talking about meeting in between, but things aren't going well in Georgia. And they're like, we think we're just going to stay put. So we're like, I don't know, what do we do for Thanksgiving right now? We're playing it by ear, but Steve's like, maybe we should go to Colorado. Like some people are traveling. Like I have a colleague who's going to Mexico yeah. tomorrow. And, I'll, and I have a colleague who also just went to Colorado, like found $80, $80. And I'm like, I don't know, are we ready to fly? And also with my son in school, like, I don't want to risk, you know, him having to stay home. You know, yeah, I like right. him going to school. Sure. Um, and then, you know, Christmas. So right now, just kind of playing it by ear at this point and haven't made any decisions because who knows how things yeah. are going to go. Yeah, Thursday, or excuse me, Thanksgiving is always my uh, favorite. Um, the one I always try to travel home. My folks are uh, in uh, Texas uh, and I have uh, lots of relatives in Texas. I just don't know if I can pull it off this year. Um, i I usually drive with uh, my dog <laughs> and a bike, um, but uh, I just don't know if it's going to work out. I don't know if I, my parents are obviously uh, of an age that it's not 
wise to, you know, congregate uh, and then to drive all that way and come across all the things I'll come across in the 1400 miles there are between here and there. I don't know if it makes much sense. I hear airline travel is very safe. Um, so maybe I should check out that option. God, I feel like but, every time I've ever been on an airplane, but, it's you know, cold. Yeah, it seems I feel the same way, even though they say the air is yeah. uh, safer than uh, any place else. But I don't know. They, I've also heard on the news that uh, this is a third spike, not a second wave. So yeah. I, I think things are still unfortunately going to get a lot worse before they get better. And now, highfalutin election connections. So, uh, Ryan, I saw you voted. Yeah. Yeah. Monica, have you voted yet? Not yet. I need to do my research. I need to do my judge research. And I need to look at the rest of the ballot and make sure I'm aware of all the other, you know, uh, people who are on it and which way I vote. Uh, My... I'm sorry. My polling place was actually moved to someplace that was even more convenient than the one that already was. So, awesome. Um, yeah. So it's really easy. I was excited. I went a little later than I thought I would, but uh, from what I hear, I made a good decision because there was lines. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the first day available. At wow. The good. Um, it was uh, so everybody was really excited. Um, I did have to wait longer than I've ever had wow. to wait before, but it was just a few minutes. And uh, yeah, social distance and. Um, uh, I was happy to do so. I think uh, there's going to be, um, and it, it seems to be the case already from the news that it's going to be record turnouts. Um, yeah. Some of those states, you know, that opened up early voting have lines. People are waiting a couple hours. Like people are diligently waiting. Matt, I, I'm guessing you're mailing in your ballot. You know, we already went. The, oh. we, went to, uh, or, uh, we went on the first day of early oh, voting too. The Lish and I were on a walk and we were like scouting out. We knew the, um, uh, Garcia Lorca school here by us, which is yes. just a you know five minute walk away or whatever. So we were kind of like walking by, like scouting it out the first day, assuming there were going to be lines and like you know. But we we were on a walk, so we had our masks and everything, and um, we passed by there, and they were like, "You you're here to vote?" And we were like, "Oh, we're just kind of scouting it out." <laughs> and they're like, "Come on in and vote. There's nobody here. There's no lines." It was like five thirty, you know, the first wow. day. And um, Alicia was like, "I don't have my ID," and they're like, "You don't you don't need your no, ID. You don't you need your no, ID. Uh-uh. you don't need your ID." Yeah. So um, we walked right in. There was no wait. The um, we we I didn't like I wasn't prepared with my judge research. So mm-hmm. I like whipped it up on the phone real quick and like okay. the Chicago Bar Association. Yeah. Um, and the Chicago Bar Association said they were all qualified. So the mm. uh, there were a few that weren't with the combined Chicago Bar, Chicago Legal and some other ones. Uh, interesting. Well, I may have missed the boat on a couple of those judges, <laughs> but um, it felt really good to to get the vote in and do it. Yeah. We'd use a touch screen, which I, for a minute I was like, oh my God, aren't other people touching this? Like they're not wiping it down. But then I was like, well, if it was pencils or whatever, you know, you'd, you'd still be germs anyway. Um, so there's, <laughs> there's lots of hand sanitizer and there's lots of, you know, everybody's wearing a mask and it, it felt pretty safe. Yeah. Um, it was, it was a good experience. I'm glad to not have to worry about it on election day. I would encourage everybody to go out, certainly go out and vote, go yeah. out and vote early if you can. I think it's a good experience. I wouldn't be worried about the mail-in voting. I think if you want to mail in your ballot, yeah. I wouldn't be concerned about it. Mail-in voting has worked for years. The, you know, it's not going to suddenly stop mm-hmm. working. You know, I know a couple of people who've done the mail-in and they've gotten like, they can track it and yeah, they've gotten yeah. like a confirmation back that like your vote is ready. It's going to be counted. So yep, yep. it's, it's working pretty well. I, yeah, we're going to go next week after work. We're going to take Lincoln. We've been t- kind of taking him, my son who's six when we go vote, but we want to kind of bring him to the process. Yeah. I have questions. So 
is there a difference between a mail-in ballot and a ballot that you fill out at home and drop off? No, absentee and mail-in are the same thing. Trump's been trying to Wait. say that like one is wrong, the other isn't. No, but that is that what's, I don't know, what is that called? Mail-in ballot is the official name, it, but you can refer to it as being done absentee. But what if I drop it off? Is that the same thing? No, you can drop it off or mail it. You can you can drop it in an official Dropbox or you can put it in the mail. Some people are taking it to the official Dropbox because it just feels a little more like, you know, official and you know it's bypassing the mail system. And it doesn't give you a confirmation that you actually did that, that you put it in the slot. Well, you can also take it to a polling place. Like you can also drop it off there, you know, um, if you really want to. But that's different than a mail-in ballot, no? Eh, I mean, yeah, if you, yeah. I mean, it seems like if you do the mail-in ballot, you're getting... The only way you're not getting confirmation is if you slide it in a slot. No, you're still getting confirmation. You can That's track right. it. You can track it. Yeah. Through the mail or through an official back. Either way, you can track it. Like if you fill it out at home and then take it to a place and then you get confirmation at a polling place, that's probably the easiest way to do yeah. it. Yeah. But if you're going to a polling place, might as well vote early. But some I people think there's are. No, I think there's no wrong way to do it as yeah. long as you do that's it. That's true. I, 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 yeah, I wasn't implying that. No, I, I do know, actually, I have a colleague who um, sent it in early enough because, you know, they there's so much you have to do. Like, you have to sign this, add this. In some states, you need a witness. Like, I, I wrote postcards last weekend, like contributed 400 postcards to people in Wisconsin. Um, and on it, we wrote specifically because they need a witness to sign. Um, and in Pennsylvania, you need to yeah, put it in another envelope, envelope and stuff. Yeah. Ballot. So, yeah. so there's so many things to do. So my colleague in North Carolina was tracking it because he's like, if for some reason it gets rejected, then I'm going to go early vote or go vote on election day. So some people I think are doing that, like they're mailing it in early and seeing how it tracks. And if it's disqualified for any reason, they will know so that they can go vote in an alternative way. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a felony to vote twice. Don't don't mail in your ballot, <laughs> then go to the old polling place. Well, exactly. Vote. I mean, you're yeah. supposed to, if you do get a mail-in ballot and you do want to vote in person, you're supposed to bring that mail-in ballot yes. when you go and surrender mm -hmm. it. So I that, think the president did himself a great disservice by making such an issue of it because all it did was make people more... <laughs> yeah. I think it drove people to early vote. They're like, oh, I'm not even going to, I'm going to avoid right. this mail-in thing. To... I think he's trying to set it up for some shenanigans. I do too, but I think he made such a fuss about it that it's, yeah. it's causing more people to be more active and yeah. more uh, involved in the process. Yeah. Um, it's going to be his demise, I believe. Yes, agreed. To me, you know, all the voting, how important that is, everybody, please, please, please go out and vote. Yeah. Um, that's a way we're all connected to each other, you know, in this democracy and in this country and trying to whether, you know, everybody's trying to do what they think is best for this country and that that connects us all and we need to remember that. And, and we need to hope that this election turns out the right way, because it's been a bleak few years, but uh, I think it's going to, I've, I've been pessimistic. I've been kind of swinging back and oh, forth. You're coming the, around. Yeah, I, I am. I am coming around. I'm starting to like some of the numbers. I know that, uh, you know, the national numbers don't mean anything to me. Like this, you know, it boils down to the electorals. I don't care how many points he's, you know, Joe's ahead in the national polls. You know, I'm looking at Pennsylvania, Florida, Ohio, you know, the swing states, Michigan, Wisconsin. Um, yeah. And now some final thoughts. I mean, it reminds me a lot of um, our segment that we'd already done in Silver Linings and that um, through some of the bad things going on, um, 
connecting with you guys, connecting with my family, uh, making more of a, a priority to spend time outside, um, meeting my neighbors, all things that may not have happened um, or happened to the extent without uh, the pandemic. So um, that's something I take away that has uh, been positive uh, and a silver lining to otherwise a bleak situation. Yeah, I agree. I think connections are really important now more than ever. I'm very grateful for this connection with you both. Thank you, Matt, for mentioning it. It's awesome to kind of continue to coordinate and connect with you guys. Um, and finding, you know, new interests or new things to explore. And like you said, Matt, getting out of your comfort zone a little bit, you know, and, and trying new things um, as a way to connect to the world as well as friends and people. I uh, echo everything you guys just said. Uh, one of my big takeaways this week that I'm very grateful for, I knew that by doing this podcast, I was going to connect with you guys. And that was uh, kind of the main point of it for me. Um, but, it, you know, what a nice surprise to have this guy reach out to us as Matt Gunderson and, and Lauren that we're able to forge a connection with somebody we've never met before. Um, through this podcast. And I would like to encourage anybody else, if there's something, if there's a theme you'd like to recommend, if there's something you'd like to, to hear us talk about, we would love to hear from you. Please go to our website. I'm going to start a blog post about uh, possible themes in the future. Um, leave a comment there. If there's something you'd like to recommend, we'd love to hear from you. We'll give you the same kind of shout out and, and recognition. Um, but that was such a nice idea that, that, uh, this gentleman had, and um, we probably wouldn't have thought of it on our own. And it really spurred a great week of discussion for us and, and, a, and a nice topic and, a, and I think a nice episode. Um, and it shows you that, you know, we are connecting with people through this and that um, people are having a similar experience that we're having, right? Like you're not alone in this. Like people are, people are going through the same stuff and they're all looking for a connection. Yeah. And if, if you're looking for a connection, there's, there's people out there also looking for a connection, figure it out. You know, the, there's ways to connect. Um, you got to put yourself out there a little bit and, and figure it out because it's important. And there's no reason to, to shoulder this thing alone. Everybody needs a little help right now. We close each episode of the Highfalutin Podcast with a poem related to our theme. So the poem we chose this week, it's not really a poem, it's, um, it's by John Donne. It's from his uh, Meditation 17, which is one of a series of essays he wrote in the 17th century. And it's the No Man is an Island bit, which... Um, Right now, obviously, we feel connections. We, it, it, this speaks to how we're all connected with each other and, and how each of us is, is connected to everyone else. Um, we, we've talked a lot in this episode about how our connections to each other have helped get us through what's been a difficult time. We also think it's important to remember right now that during this difficult time, as you see these death tolls rising and, and you see the numbers coming in, these are not just numbers. They, they represent real people, each one of them. And uh, it's important not to lose sight of that and to, to understand how we're connected to those people who are dying and how that diminishes us all. Um, so here's from, from John Donne's Meditation 17. No man is an island entire of itself. Every man is a piece of the continent, a part of the main. If a clod be washed away by the sea, Europe is the less. 
as well as if a promontory were, as well as if a manner of thy friends or of thine own were. Any man's death diminishes me, because I am involved in mankind, and therefore never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Highfalutin Podcast. Please visit our website, highfalutinmedia.com, for more episodes and related content, and don't forget to hit subscribe.